Hey, would somebody turn off the lights back there for me, please? Little mood lighting. <laughs> Dean's back there. They gotta have their curtain open. So, oh yeah, let's let's get the full effect. I mean, I honestly, if you guys, if if we would have done what I really wanted to do, I wanted to black it out in here so it was just pitch black. Yeah, go go ahead. Yeah. Not that that's going to make a huge, no, it's uh, the windows. The windows aren't going to, yeah. Yeah, turn the lights off. That's as good as we're going to get in here today. So, yeah, you can cl <laughs> close your eyes. That is, that's what this is set up for, is you guys can just take a nap, all right? I was thinking... Um, guys are wondering what in the world is Pastor Kenny doing? I was thinking we should have flashlight Sunday. It'd be nice to have a little bit bigger flashlight than that though. You guys ever been in a situation like this where there's enough light to see but not enough light to make you feel like you can get your work done? You ever driven a car at night? And the headlights are getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. Ever happened to anybody besides me? Pretty soon you're wondering, are those things on at all? And maybe you stop the car and you get out and you look. Yep, they're on, but... Yeah, out, there you go. They're not adjusted properly. There's another one. got just enough light to maybe read, okay? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. We've, we've spent some time talking about darkness is the absence of light. And if you can see well enough to turn there with me, turn to Matthew. And before, before I read here, I, I just want to tell you guys that... Um, And, and, man, I'm struggling with even saying this because um, it can sound so self-serving, but I want to tell you guys something. I really, and Connie knows this because I've been sharing a, a tiny bit with her, but it tends to freak people out when I say too much because they go, what, what in the world is he thinking of doing? But 
I got to tell you, I don't believe the church can continue to go the way that it's going. And, and, and to be even more clear about it, that this model that we've learned that's been handed down to us through the ages, where the pastor is the one that is bringing forth the word on Sunday mornings, I think there's some validity to it. But unfortunately, what it's done is it's, it's bred Christians who there's an absence of light because this is the only time per week that you get any worship. This is the only time during the week that you hear anything of the word. If I told Troy, Troy, and, and, and you're safe, Troy, because somebody else is bringing the word next week, okay? But if I told Troy, Troy, next Sunday, you are bringing the word. You are going to teach next Sunday. What, what does that do to you, Troy? No, knowing that there's a safety, but at the same time, if, if I were to do that, how would that make you feel? Okay, so, <clears throat> yeah, and, and, and the thing is, is <clears throat> somebody asked me the other day, how, how, do you, how did you do it? How did, how did this come about? And I got to tell you guys, the only way that I got to where I am today is a pastor threw me basically into the deep end of the pool and said, swim. And being a good young man who was brought up in the church, I, be, I continued to swim according to the style of swimming that you're supposed to do. And what that has done is, is I think it's created a very weak church. And, and there's something about Where I think Jesus wants to take his church back to is not just one of those things where pastor gets up on Sunday and says, full of the Holy Spirit. And everybody goes, yeah, 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 I, I want that. But then we walk out and there's no change. Say, Kenny, I don't know if you're edifying me today or not. I, do you guys understand If all of your expectations are on me, it's crushing. And again, I know that sounds so stinking self-serving, but our expectation is on Christ. And Christ in me is the hope of glory, but Christ in you is the hope of glory. And so there's this, I keep talking about it, and I don't know how to do it except to talk about it and say, you guys, we've somehow got to get there to where when we show up and how many, I know a few of you men read what Justin posted today on Men in the Middle. Any, anybody? How many of you liked it? Just, Justin's not looking right now. How many of you didn't like it? <laughs> Slap him, Justin. So Justin was, you know, just the short version is, is, he was saying, man, if all of us would show up, 
expecting to give. It would change the way church is. And, and the thing is, I don't, know if it can, can, I don't know if it can happen that we show up expecting to give as long as we have the expectation that pastor is going to bring it or somebody else is going to bring it. Hans is going to bring it or Tommy or Jesse or some special speaker that we have in. And I think there's a place for that. I just, I want so much more. Man, I tell you, the world needs so much more. So this absence of, absence of light is really been a focus for me. And in Matthew chapter 6, have I made my point with the lights being off yet? I don't know about you guys, but man, I'm like ready to get my flashlight out. And, and it's not that dark, is it? Okay, so let's turn these back on, and then we'll, I want you guys to catch the point here. Rather you guys not be left in the dark either. Okay, just so we can get kind of the context of, of where Jesus is saying this, he's saying in verse 19, okay, we'll start there. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, so Jesus is talking about where's your treasure? Where's your heart? Where, where are these things at? But then he goes on and he says this thing, and it's kind of like, it, you almost feel like it's out of context. But he says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Does that puzzle anybody else besides me? Turn the lights off again. No, seriously, turn, turn the lights off again. Thank you, Michelle. How many like the lights this way? Anybody? I got a few of you. Yeah, I like this. How many of you want more light? How many don't care? It just doesn't matter. Now, I know I just set you guys up. <clears throat> okay. But spiritually speaking, that's where the church is. So when we look at this portion of Scripture and Jesus is talking about things as far as money and don't worry about this, he's, he's going to get on to seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things shall be added unto you. But he throws this little monkey wrench right in, in, in the middle of it. The lamp of the body is the eye. The way your person gets lit up is through what you take in, what you... What you have, it would seem, is what he's saying. But here's what the, the Hebrew or the Jewishness of this is talking about. 
if your eye is good, you have a generous eye. If your eye is bad, you have a stingy eye. So if, if what you have in you, you think is light, but it's really darkness, then how great is that darkness? What Jesus is, is, is getting at is that if we think that our stinginess is light, how great is that darkness? Because it doesn't represent His kingdom. Is this making sense, church? So if you're happy spiritually for the lights to be low, then there's an absence of light and the darkness is being given a place of home, a home place in your life. Well, Kenny, you don't understand. I'm really busy and I've doing... i got to tell you guys, I don't know that any of you are busier than me. I don't know that any of you are busier than anybody else. Some of you probably do have more disposable time than others in this room. But when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of heaven, I don't see that he's saying, if you have time. He's saying, do it. And when, he, when, when the Holy Spirit came at the day of Pentecost, it didn't come to just the people who had time. They showed up and the Holy Spirit was poured out because there was a desire for it. There was, there was this expectation. Jesus said, go wait. Wait for what? The promise of the Father. You know, we think, we, we look at that and we go, well, they knew what they were waiting for. I don't think they had a clue. When it showed up, I think they were as blown away as we would be. And it was through the revelation of the Holy Spirit that Peter began to preach. So this, this portion here, let, let's put it this way. If my eye is bad in how I relate to God, in other words, if my eye is stingy towards being able to spend time with God, then there's a darkness in my life. I'm giving place to darkness. I'm... i tell you guys this story really quick. In the little house that Connie and I are living in now, the kitchen lights, and if you could call our living room the living room lights, Connie's still not convinced that that's really our living room yet. We're probably going to change our garage into the living room because we want more room for more living. All right? But in there, there's four switches, and two turn on the lights. They turn on uh, two lights each in the kitchen. So two, two switches turn on these lights in the kitchen. And um, then there's two switches that turn on the lights in the living room. And it's really nice to have them all on. But every once in a while, after a certain grandchild has been over, I never know when it's going to happen, but... They've played with the lights, and there's dimmer. There's little sliders on there. And we'll turn the lights on, 
and, when, and at least for me, I don't know if this happens to Connie or not, but I'll turn the lights on and, and I'll be working in the kitchen, getting breakfast ready, and I'll, and I'll just all of a sudden go, man, did I forget to turn the lights on? And instead of looking up, I just walk over to the switch to turn the switch on. And then I, I rock the switch. Lights were on. They were dimmed. Now, most of, or many of us, I should say, grew up, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? Hide it under a bushel? No. We would today use, use the dimmer switch? No. And, and, and that's what I'm wanting to say, church, is I, I think God wants to do something in his church that requires all of us to turn up the lights. That it, that it can't be just on the pastor. It has to be this place where we say, Lord, I don't want to give place to any darkness. And I, I've quoted them before, and I'm going to quote them again right here, that Watchman Nee says that, he, he says it kind of like this, and if you don't know who Watchman Nee is, you should go look him up and, and read a bunch of his stuff. He, he's amazing. Any, anybody ever need more patience? Do you ever pray for more patience? Oh, no, no we're not going to do that. See, he would say, we don't need more patience, we need more Jesus. Because everything, and it says this in Ephesians, everything that God intends for us to have is in Jesus Christ. All of the kingdom provision, all of the kingdom blessings are in Christ. And so it's a matter of, I don't need more patience, I need more Jesus. Nick didn't say it exactly this way, but what Nick basically said is this week, later this week, he decided he needed more Jesus in his job. That, that the scripture that says, and do all that you do is unto the Lord, suddenly became alive to him that, that says, I need more Jesus, so I'm going to do everything I'm doing for him, not for myself. Is this making any sense at all, church? So, let's turn the lights back on now that i am made that point. I, I don't want us to have an absence of light. I'd like us to have plenty of light. Somebody say amen or yeah. So, if you turn to Acts chapter 9... Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 31. This is just, I'm going to set this up real quick. Saul has just been converted to Christ, and he spent time with the disciples in Damascus. He's, he's spent some time preaching Christ, and it, it says that Saul escapes death, and, and we're beginning to know Saul is Paul at this point. And um, that not only has he been converted to Christ, he's had a name change. And it says that, um, just in the verses 
previous, um, I, I love this, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. Then there's this commentary right here in verse 31. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Then Living Fortress had peace and they were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Wait, Kenny, it doesn't say Living Fortress there. No, it doesn't. You guys want peace? We, you know, we're living, we're living in a time of peace. What the church was going through before Paul or Saul was converted to Christ, they were being dispersed because of persecution. They were running for their lives, but in the running for their lives, they were still preaching the gospel, so the gospel spread. But Saul gets saved... And it says, then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. Church, in this country that we're living in right now, we still have peace. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there's onslaught. There's things happening to Christians in our country right now that are challenging and they are very concerning to us. But we still have peace. And this Word edified means built up. But here's what really stuck out to me. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. See, I, I wonder if the fear of the Lord is really there in our lives. I wonder, you know, and, and I don't want to, this is one of those where I kind of want to single somebody out, but I don't because it's going to make you feel really uncomfortable. So I'm just going to say it this way. I don't know if I fear the Lord enough. And if you followed me daily, you might say, oh, Kenny, you fear the Lord more than I do. But you're not the standard. you guys feel like the, the power is there in the church? I don't either. I love what Lori said, fear not. That I think how many of us are, are running in fear? Walking in the fear of the Lord in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied Church, this is, a, this is a dangerous thing to pray. I, I don't know if, how many of you remember a man named Jerry Cook that came here a bunch of years ago, and he shared about their church for years had just been kind of around 100, 200 people. And then they all, one Sunday, said, 
you know, we're tired of this. We're tired of the power being gone. We're, power, we're tired of, of just no sense of purpose and mission anymore. And he said they got down on their knees and they started praying and saying, Lord, we want more. We want more. We want you to do whatever you need to do in our lives in order for your kingdom to come and your will to be done in our lives in this place. And some of you might remember the story that when they prayed that, within three months they were pushing a 1,000. Within six months they were pushing 2,000, 3,000. They were growing so fast at a time, and, and just, just to give you guys a little bit of background, Foursquare at that point in time, in order for a church to buy chairs, had to get permission from the head office in L.A., When you're growing from 200 to 1,000, you guys agree that probably there isn't time to ask L.A. if you can buy chairs. Some, some in Foursquare would say that was the first megachurch problem that Foursquare ever dealt with. But it doesn't matter if it's Foursquare, Assembly of God. It doesn't matter what denomination it is. What we care about is the kingdom of God is meant to come not through one, but through all. And that's going to look different. It doesn't mean that you guys are going to preach it. I, mean, I don't know if you guys know it or not. Hans doesn't preach the same way as I do. Tommy doesn't preach the same way as I do. Jesse doesn't preach the same way I do. That doesn't matter. Is Jesus being proclaimed? Is the kingdom being proclaimed? Well, yeah, but sometimes it's frustrating because I, 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 I'm just not really where they're at. I, I, you know, I don't know what the excuse may be, but the excuses, that's the problem. Everyone has one, right? And why I'm, why I'm saying this, you guys, is, is I just I believe with all of my heart that Jesus wants to do so much more. We, we sing this song, and if I'm healed by just one touch of your garment, Lord, then how much more is your... Then I'm... <laughs> yeah. How much more? How much more is there? Been, it's been said so many times, but it, it's probably something we need to be reminded of. The church is not meant to be defensive. It's meant to play offense. It's meant to be moving with the Spirit. Sometimes we may pull back Sometimes we may press forward. The main thing is to be led by the Spirit. How many of you could get up and preach for five minutes? 
That's awesome, you guys. I said this to Hans last week. We don't have a predetermined amount of time that you have to preach. But it's probably good if you're wrapping things up when the kids start getting really, really restless. Now, parents, that doesn't mean... Doesn't mean you should feed them or have them drink some coffee and start bouncing off the walls. Kids, by the way, kids, you're doing awesome this morning. But you guys, the reason why I'm saying all of this is not to, I, I, I hope it, and this is the only thing is, in bringing a word like this is I struggle with it because it can seem like I'm, I'm kicking, kicking you, but I'm not. I'm, I'm saying, man, you guys, there's this desire in my heart for more. And I, I want us to enter into that together because I am concerned that our kids would grow up thinking that this is as good as it gets. And I remember so much more as a kid in church. I remember praying for people to be healed and seeing them healed. I remember those things. There was an expectation that you came to church. If they said, you know, if the pastor would have said, I want all the kids to come up and pray for Sister Shipley, we, all of us kids would have come up and believed that God wanted to use us to bring healing in her life. I just think it'd be fun if we could get back to that. And I'm not talking about trying to go back to the old days. I'm talking about going into the new thing that Jesus wants to do in his church. So I don't know how this is going to happen. And, and I know that Jesse and I have kicked this around quite a bit. But there are two things that I want you guys to be assured of. One is everything that I share, everything that I preach from here on out is meant to turn up the lights. I want to turn up the light. And, and, and I want anybody that fills this spot to come up with the desire to turn up the light, to glorify Christ, for, for Jesus to be exalted so that the light gets turned up and the darkness has to flee. Anybody dealing with any unforgiveness in your life right now? The light of Christ has got to come in and burn that out. Because, and, and I'm using that as an example, church, as long as we tolerate the darkness, the light won't be able to come any farther than we allow it to come. And if we're tolerating those things, and, and it's just, man, God just... All, all of the provision is there. You guys realize that? All the provision that we need is there. It's a matter of just doing it. I don't feel like it. I don't care if you feel like it or not. Just do it. Right? Well, it's hard. Yes, it is hard. There, completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. But if if we were able to darken this room completely, I mean, no light coming in, no ambient light coming in, no exit light back there. All of these lights are turned off. Every bit of that coming in from the foyer is darkened. 
and and if yeah we wouldn't have to worry about that and I think that's covered well enough if we could do all of that you guys most of you have been in total darkness before as long as it was totally dark you would not find your way out of here very easily right might have a few shins bruised different things like that but if we just turn on one little light you'd suddenly be able to see well enough to get out of here but if we all turn on the light what could happen and that's why i think i think there's two things coming up real soon one somebody else is going to be teaching but we're going to do a couple things in november that are going to be kind of fun didn't know we were going to do this until just came up all right First Sunday in November, that's when we have communion together, all right? I might do a little tiny teaching around communion. But here's what I want to do is could we start calling it when we're going to share, when all of us are going to come, could we call it Flashlight Sunday? Flashlight Sunday, because you all are going to bring a flashlight. Oh, my goodness. Guys, you guys ever see the movie Sandlot? And in Sandlot, you know, the traditional way of telling a scary story is to put the flashlight down here shining up at your face and it looks all freaky and everything like that. I'm not talking about that kind of flashlight Sunday. I'm talking about the kind of flashlight Sunday where, where we come and, and we, we turn the light on and we say, I'm here to declare the goodness of my God. I'm here to tell you how Jesus is speaking to me this week. That you come and you bring a word. I've, I've been saying it for years, but that, that place in Scripture, how is it then, brethren, that whenever you come together, each of you has these things, and you say, well, Kenny, we can't do this in a two-hour time slot. Bring snacks. All right? So the first Sunday of November, I want that to be Flashlight Sunday. That's going to be different, by the way, than what we do the Sunday after Thanksgiving because the Sunday after Thanksgiving is what? Psalms of Thanks. So you guys, we're going to bring things that we're thankful for that Sunday. That's not going to be the same as Flashlight Sunday. Flashlight Sunday is ideally for you to bring what God is speaking to you about that week. Here's the problem. This is what I told the, the men's group on Wednesday. There's nothing like get throwing into or getting thrown into the deep end of the pool to make you study scripture. When, when you know people are depending on you to have the word, you will find something. Some, some of you may already be thinking in your head, somebody else will do it. And I want to challenge you, if you are thinking somebody else will do it, would you turn that against the enemy right now and say, no, I'll do it. Thank you very much. Because, yes, I know it's scary. Yes, I know it's hard. Yes, any excuse you can come up with, 
But the Lord said to Moses, I will be with you. And Moses was a stutterer. Well, I have a problem with speaking. That's okay, I'll be with you. I don't know what to say. That's okay, I'll be with you. And finally he said, okay, I'll send Aaron with you. But wasn't Moses still the man of God for the moment? And that's what I'm, I'm asking you guys. Can you, can you come say, well, it might be dumb. might not make any sense. Maybe nobody will like it. Is Jesus speaking to you? Are you guys on board? Flashlight Sunday? Is it going to just really be lonely that Sunday for me? <laughs> Flashlight Sunday, first Sunday of November. You've got a calendar, Matt. It's in your phone. Put it in there. Flashlight Sunday. And, and, and you guys, you know what, Michelle, that is so good that you said that because I'm going to bring something up that I rarely do. But Lance, uh, you, you shared something a while back about, and, and believe me, when I share this, this is not a problem I have right now, okay? But there was a young pastor in California who took his own life. It was just a few months ago. And there was a, a lot of things written about that about saying thanks to your pastor and praying for your pastor. And you guys, I, I love the prayers. But I read something this week that honestly, probably on a few points, they nailed it. And here's the one main point. And I, I believe anybody that's ever taught the word feels this way. More than anything... I wonder if what I say matters. Is it changing anybody's life? And, you, and it's easy to sit, because I've done it too, it's easy to sit and, and judge. And, and believe me, I feel very vulnerable this morning because I'm not coming up with these cool set of notes and, and, and doing this. I'm doing a lot of this off the cuff because I felt like I had my computer right there this morning with some really cool notes on it, and I felt like the Lord said, leave your computer at home, take your Bible. Crud. And Hans, you, you got challenged last week, not the nine pages of notes, winging it a little bit. And, and it's uncomfortable. It's not just uncomfortable for you, it's not just uncomfortable for me, it's uncomfortable for all of you, because when is he ever going to stop? I know what you guys think. I think the same thing. But if we are all in this together, then let's all bring a word to edify one another, to build up the church. And then on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, let's all bring a word of thanks of what God has done in our lives. You and me, Nick. We're, we're there. Is that clear? Here's what's fun, you guys. Um, I, it's fun for me. Is So we're doing this next Sunday, as Michelle said, 
or not next Sunday, but the, the first Sunday of the month, and that's the pastor's appreciation, square meal, everything that the church council put together. Uh, but you guys, in sharing what the Lord is doing in your life, there's nothing that is more affirming for any pastor than to hear what God is doing in the lives of the people that, that they pray for, that they teach, that they care for. To hear what God is speaking to you fires me up. It'll be hard for me to keep my mouth shut, but I will. Well, at least till communion, all right? So is that, is that okay, you guys? Is this making sense? Is this... Christy? Not, not a teaching. We don't have time enough for everybody to teach. I know if I turned you loose on that, Christy, you'd come up with a good half-hour, three-point sermon for us. But No, I, I would say it'd be more a, what's the Lord speaking to you this week in, in this? You know, and so it may be something that he's been speaking to you throughout the month, and everything that you read, this same theme keeps coming up in your life. I don't know what, what it would be, but I just, it would be something that I think you can share in about two to five minutes. Can we all do that? There's a few. Good. Good. Yeah. All right. No, that's good. That's good. Can everybody hear Pamela? Here, let's somebody take this back to her, please. The other one? This one's running low. Can somebody take this back to Pamela for me? This one's off, it looks like. Oh, there it is. Never mind, Jesse. Baking you out. Oh, okay, I'm glad I get to share this. Thank you. Um, I felt this right when we were singing the first song, and it's the same scripture you shared, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and high places. And this week, it, it's come up over and over again. People that I know, and I, sometimes I don't even know another Christian sharing with me, people who have the opportunity to come to Christ sometimes even in their last days, and they don't. They don't, and there's people I know, I have family, that have heard the gospel and heard the gospel and heard the gospel and don't accept Christ. And it's just been, uh, I've just really been, been burdened by it this week. And that scripture came up, and there's other scriptures too, you know, about praying. The Holy Spirit goes, and he goes to people who are going to get saved, and just praying for the Holy Spirit to move in lives. But, um, yeah, we got to be lights to people. I mean, it's just, people are, I mean, I, I have, well, most of you know Jerry Lanchbury. And, you know, and he's always going to funerals because he's always talking, leading, whatever. And he's always there. And we talk a couple times a week. And, and uh, people are dying without the Lord. 
and they're getting the Lord. The people are sharing with them. We're, we're sharing with them. He's sharing with other people. And they still aren't coming to the Lord in their desperation. I, my youngest daughter's in jail right now. Is she crying out to God in jail? I just keep praying that the Lord would just go there and, and move and, and draw her to him. And uh, I'm thankful that God came into my life and saved me in a desperate time when I was young. And he, that song about how he comes after us, and he came after me and after me until five years later, I finally, finally committed my life to Christ to, to serve him. And I just want to see others, and, and even with us, that we would, uh, I used to, we used to go to a church in California where God really moved. And when you said that, that you don't want your kids to grow up and think this is the best. We don't want them to grow up and think this is it. Yeah. God can move and kids can pray for people and people can be healed. Amen. And uh, anyway, uh, I am lazy and I'm a chicken. <laughs> I mean, that's just, but I know God just keeps prodding me to stop and to not be. Because there's people dying and they're living lives without God. And uh, we have a way for them to know the Lord. We can share Jesus with them. Father, thank you today that, Lord, your word gives us instruction. Your word helps us to hear your voice, what you'd be speaking to your church. Lord, not just meant to be from the pastor to the congregation, but Lord, may it be from the congregation to the congregation. Lord, that we would come with an expectant heart. Lord, that the time spent with you this week would make way for Your stuff, Lord, the, the kingdom stuff to happen, not only in our lives, but through our lives. Lord, I, I know that looking around in this room, Lord, that, that I'm just blown away by the quality of people that are here, the, the heart that people have for you. And yet, Lord, I know that you have so much more for us and so, Lord, I pray that, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon your church. Specifically, Lord, just praying for my brothers and sisters that are part of this expression of your body, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit, bring scriptures to life, Lord. Bring your word to life. Help us to apply it, Lord, and then be able to share with others. Lord, that excitement that we have, Lord, that, that's even just like what uh, Pamela shared. There's some excitement. There's brokenness, but there's also passion of, of wanting to see more. And so, Lord, help us to have our hearts moved by the things that move your heart, Lord. Lord, I don't know what you want us to do completely, but I know it's going to be different than what we've been used to. So I pray, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us and, and help us to uh, 
enter into this time together. I pray, Lord, that as we bring our tithes and offerings to you, that you would be glorified in our giving. But Lord, <clears throat> as we would not be stingy <laughs> with our tithes and offerings, Lord, help us not to be stingy with our time. Help us to find a moment, Lord, this week, every day, hopefully, that we could just spend that time listening to you, hearing your voice, encouraging us, investing in us, so that, Lord, we would have true light inside of us and that that would be chasing more and more of the darkness of unforgiveness, the darkness of fear, the darkness of doubt and worry, the darkness of false religion, Lord, out of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.